On this episode of the Channel Chat Podcast, we introduce you guys to WAPOA. We're super excited to have them in. WAPOA stands for Whitefish Area Property Owners Association, and it's a big reason that we get to enjoy the lakes and the channels that make up this lakes area that we love so much. So it just so fits that they're joining us on the Channel Chat Podcast to tell you all about what they're doing and how they're educating people in the area and how you guys can join them potentially in membership opportunities. So tune in. We're excited to have them and we'll see you guys soon. Hello, everyone. My name is Kendra Johnson, your host, Cross Lake native, lake fanatic, business owner, and honestly, I can just never sit still, as well as the marketing director for Larson Group Real Estate Keller Williams in Cross Lake. Blending together my passion for events and love of the lakes on the Channel Chat podcast, we bring on area experts to talk about all things lake country, as well as events, community updates, and real estate insights. All things that have shaped and will continue to shape this area for decades. Channel Chat was really born out of the idea that podcasts connect people. They connect listeners, they connect information and people who are passionate about podcasting and to their listeners. And channels connect the lakes. And so our idea behind Channel Chat was the fact that channels connect the lakes and we connect the people. So that is the name of Channel Chat, which I think is really cool because it odes to the lakes area. It odes to like the whitefish chain, the gull chain, um, all the beautiful lakes that we have around here. And so that is why Channel Chat exists. A big thank you to the best sponsors in the business, Larson Group Real Estate Keller Williams. With over 38 years of experience, the team at Larson Group service the lakes area with pride. Located in the heart of the Whitefish chain and just so happens to be our recording studio as well, Cross Lake Town Square. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Channel Chat Podcast. This is our sixth official episode. We are so excited for today's guest, as we are all the time, always making Cross Lake and the surrounding areas a better place. So I'm really excited to introduce our guest today on the Channel Chat Podcast. Before we do that, let's um, talk about the voices on the mics today. So my name is Kendra Johnson. I am the host of Channel Chat Podcast and also the marketing director here at Larson Group Real Estate. And across the table, I have... Jacob, I am the uh, producer and audio engineer of the podcast. So that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. <laughs> All right, Tony. Yeah, and I'm Tony Coffey. I'm president of the Whitefish Area Property Owners Association, better known as WAPOA. So our guest today, Tony, thank you so much for coming in. We're excited to have WAPOA um, on the Channel Chat podcast, I feel like this is a perfect guest for the Channel Chat podcast as WAPOA protects and stewards the lakes that we all know and love. And Channel Chat is the one that connects all the people to those resources in those lakes. So we're really excited to have you today um, to learn a little bit more about what, what WAPOA does. Wow, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> um, and then maybe just a little bit of education and then some upcoming, upcoming events that you guys have. But tell us a little bit about WAPOA, kind of how it started, uh, the history behind it, and then we'll go from there. Well, WAPOA started a little over 50 years ago, about 53 years ago. And it started because of a desire to t take water from the chain and move it down to Pelican. Um, I assume it was a drought year or whatever, but they wanted to, to open that up. But it, it developed from there and it really um, moved forward to working on uh, water quality issues. The water testing became very valuable uh, to some of our future endeavors. And then we um, obviously the in introduction of aquatic invasive species, AIS, 
into the chain or in surrounding lakes really push Wapoa to, to start, start to take efforts to, to work on those issues. Yeah. So you touched on a few things that Wapoa deals with. So we talked about uh, aquatic invasive species. So that's another tongue twister. I really got to get better at using my <laughs> words. Um, I know you guys do shoreline restoration. You work with the Loon Center on some stuff. What are kind of some of the programs that Wapoa works with? Um, and kind of explain those a little bit. You bet. I think there's really three thing, main things that Wapoa works on. First of all, we provide additional inspections for uh, uh, boat, boat inspections at the landings, at the six landings on the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, so the county provides the inspectors for Friday through Sunday, but Wapoa pays for the inspectors Monday through Thursday. So we spend or budget about $50,000 for our inspections each year uh, to, to be able to fill out the, the days of the week to try to protect the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing we do, we do water quality testing, um, and we've done it, like I say, for over 30 years. And that's helped us um, create the data that was instrumental in, in, in uh, getting state funds through the One Watershed, One Plan, through the uh, PCA on the 319 program. So we've had extra monies to work on the uh, issues regarding water quality around the chain and, and the watershed. Mm-hmm. And then last, a very successful program has been shoreland restoration. Uh, Christy Rodel has, has um, uh, developed that program from and, and taken it over from the past. And this year she was um, in tw- given the 2022 uh, Conservationist of the Year Award by the uh, Soil and Water Conservation District here in Crowling County. Awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, so I've... I've learned a lot about Wapoa in the last, like, I mean, I've done a little bit of research, but I know you guys are big stewards of the shorelines and shoreline restoration. Um, and you kind of touched on that a little bit. What does shoreline restoration look like? Like, what is the reason behind shoreline restoration? Why is it so important for the whitefish chain? Well, it's important for a lot of reasons. And, and one of the main ones is to prevent um, unwanted nutrients, phosphorus and nitrogen, from getting into the lake, because that's what creates uh, the un- uh, unhappy. <laughs> habitat for the for the fish and the wildlife that that isn't isn't beneficial and it creates additional aquatic plants. The other um, uh, main thing though is protecting the shoreline from just erosion. And mm-hmm. you know you can see it around the chain. And there are different places, different properties that when we start to take down the natural vegetation, the shoreline begins to erode. And so Christy, working with a number of area landscapers. And property owners has been very successful at creating plans to put in cedar revetments and to will- willow wattle and other things to help stabilize those shorelines because it's it's a much better uh, thing to do at this point than riprap. Mm-hmm. So you said cedar. Um, I forgot what you called them. Cedar revetments. Yeah, <laughs> another word I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Um, what what does that mean? So sure. I've heard that term before. Explain what that is. Sure. What they do is they take cedar trees, dead cedar trees, um, um, cut them cut them up, and then line the shoreline with them, and then they pound the stakes to hold them in place, and then they put um, native aquatics plants in in between the trees and. What, what happens is you start to actually grow back shoreline as, as the plants take hold, the, the cedar trees start to decay. Um, it, it's a great way to actually stabilize that shore. That's awesome. And um, you talked a little bit about water testing, and I was showing Jacob earlier the the water testing stuff for all the lakes and, like, the clarity and, like, all this. And there's so much that goes into water testing, and I think it's really important to have that information in order to receive grants and understand like how the whitefish chain is doing. But um, 
Who does that water testing? How does that work? You bet. We've got about 40 volunteers that do testing on uh, about 38 different lakes, uh, streams, and rivers within uh, the watershed here that we, we work with. Um, and the testing is done by AW Labs. So they collect the, the samples. Um, they're all shipped down to AW Labs, and then they put together reports for each lake as to what, what the uh, issues are as in regards to water quality. And, and actually, the, um, Sarah Fogderud and her team have come up with some reports and some suggestions on, on specific things for specific lakes that people can do. That's awesome. I know I have a, a family friend out at Camp Foley that I know she does a lot of te- water testing for you guys. And I've gone out there like with her to like see how it works. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, it's very interesting. And it's cool to have an association that helps um, maintain our lakes in the area because it's obviously a very important reason and a big reason that people want to come here, live here, buy cabins here, um, spend their money here, whatever the case is. And obviously, we're very thankful to have you guys around. Um, we I talked a little bit about the Loon. I don't I don't know if you guys like do you work with the Loon Center a little bit or is it just um, how does that work? We've had a great partnership with the National Loon Center since its inception, uh, you know, about five years ago. Um, and we've, we've sat on committees to help them develop uh, some of the educational materials that they'll use over at the Corps of Engineers um, in, in, in that area. Um, we've uh, done some of the educational work with them. Mm-hmm. They've actually partnered with us on our annual meeting for the last two years um, because we really wanted to make the connection between water quality and loon habitat and mm-hmm. how important it is for the loons to survive. Yeah. And I like, I'm going to pull this stat and it's probably not going to be correct, but I know that there's a huge loon migration up into the whitefish chain. And it's one of the largest in the United States as far as I'm concerned. But I know that Cross Lake is a huge, you know, loon habitat, hence the loon center. But it's important to, I think they're beautiful. I think they're one of the most stunning things. If you guys get close enough to them, you realize that they're huge. Um, My friend's friend was out at a, a bachelor party the other week and her friend was from texas and isn't from here but it's funny because loons migrate from texas so i'm so confused why she said this but she was like oh look a huge floating bird and i literally was like oh no <laughs> oh no we need more education on what loons are but they're beautiful birds so. oh there's nothing prettier we were out on the water on monday doing some testing and uh we're on clamshell and the uh, there was a family of loons out there that you you could see the the mom and pop, and then the and then the the baby was there too. The baby was no longer much of a baby; it just they grow pretty quickly. Yeah, so. oh, there's there's a lot of awesome loon families out there. Um, so tell us about um, you know, I know you talked about some of like the prevention and stuff like that, and the one shed water or one watershed one plan. What is that like? What is that? That was an, a um, multi-county effort uh, between Cass and Crowing County, their soil and water conservation districts, and the uh, Pine River watershed to look at how we could protect water quality and improve water quality within the watershed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota is one of the only states that is working on a watershed basis as opposed to jurisdictional basis like counties or cities or that kind of thing, because it just makes more sense to work by watershed. It's about what water comes in to the, to the watershed and then how it, it's, it's dispersed from the watershed. Mm-hmm. And the Pine River was a really important um, source of water for the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. And so what we do upriver, 
really makes a difference with what goes on and what quality of water they have downriver. And so the, the One Watershed One Plan provides will provide about $10 million to help do conservation efforts, projects around the chain, and education to, to help improve the water quality. Awesome. And you talked a little bit about education. Um, what does WAPOA do? I know you guys are super active on social media, which I'm very thankful for <laughs> from Cross Lake Culture because I think some of the statistics and water testing stuff and all the stuff that you post is really informational. And I get to share that to people in the Cross Lake and surrounding areas. But um, what are some other educational things that you guys are doing with BOPOA and how you're reaching people? Well, one of the uh, main uh, efforts that we have is our liquid asset magazine. Mm. It's a way to um, very quickly show people the work that we're doing and how important it is to help us with that mission and work. And it's a it's a wonderful publication. Uh, we revamped it um, about five years ago, and it has really uh, worked well to share share our, our educational efforts. Uh, the other would be things like uh, Christy Rodel's uh, Shoreland Restorations um, open house that she holds each spring. That's that's become very uh, well attended. Um, uh, well over 75 people this year attended that's and awesome. have created a lot of buzz in the uh, area about Shoreland Restoration. Yeah. Um, I know you guys talk about like like friendly boating and you guys are in on that conversation too um is that like an educational piece that you guys focus on or is that just something that you give information on for area boaters well it's actually the educational piece because what we want to help people understand is that boating is something we will have here on the chain it's Mm -hmm. this is just made for that kind of recreation but the issue is how do you do it and how do you do it responsible responsibly and respectfully Mm -hmm. um one of the things that they're finding, there's some research at the St. Anthony Falls Research Lab for the University of Minnesota, is they're just trying to figure out how far a boat should be away from shore at full speed. How far, how deep does the, the wake go? Um, they're, they're looking at over 20 feet for some of the, the larger wake boats and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. we're just looking at how to make it um, a, a viable recreational activity, um, but also then protect the lake too at the same time. Absolutely. And I know I had... Um... Mr. Nelson in here from CNC, but now Marine Max. And we were talking about boats and the evolution of like how and what people have fixated on over the chain and how that's evolved into like our current boat traffic and stuff. And um, I know a lot of my friends own boats that are larger, bigger, bigger wakes, but I know there's a lot of engineering that's going into some of them that like hopefully helps more lake friendly you know, aquatics and able to, you know, their wake dissipates faster. And like, there's a lot of money that's going into making sure that like on both fronts, like, you know, boaters are receiving the things that they want out of their boat, but also the lakes are able to maintain the lakes that they can drive and and live on. So it's very interesting, like the the little back and forth between that. And I feel like we're both trying so hard to please the other person, but... (laughs) was interesting that conversation <laughs> well and that's what it has to be it has to be a conversation because we, we have to be realistic about what people are going to do and then we just ask um, for uh, the ears to be open so that we can help them figure out how to do it i was on the lake monday and there was a, a wake border that just kind of went right in front of our boat which was great they were in the middle of the lake which is a, the perfect spot to mm-hmm. be doing wakeboarding you mm-hmm. know that kind of thing so yeah yep and i I think a lot of it, and we touched we touched on this before, but is education. At the end of the day, like 
What's really frustrating living and working up here and being a part of the Cross Lake area is like we understand that there's not a lot of great boat drivers sometimes. And so, you know, we get all these, you know, pawpaws on, you know, big wakeboard boats. And I'm like, but if they just were educated on how to drive them properly and where to drive them and, you know, pontoons and ever any type of boat, jet skis and um, you know, other like outboard, inboard ski boats and stuff like that. It's just the education behind being able to drive a boat well is very important. So I know that you guys are uh, pushing that as well. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, you talked a little bit. Do you guys at Wapoa, do you guys look at like lake levels and like all that stuff too about like, you know, where and how to open the dam? Do you have any? No, is... that's not really in, in our our. Uh, uh ballpark that's not that's the corps of engineers yep. that mainly handles that green and her staff um, yep. over there that do a great job with that um we do know and and one of the things we look at is how does the changing light lake level affect the water quality and shoreline um and that kind of thing um, one of the things that we're doing with a pca grant is we're doing some deep water um uh, oxygen testing um dissolved oxygen testing so we're doing that and then we're taking uh water samples um, at from the bottom of a couple of the lakes to just figure out what what is the difference between the top water, bottom water, that kind of thing, and how does that cycle work, and over a period of of three to five months. Mm-hmm. I this is like relatively off topic, but I you talked about deep water and oxygen testing. Like one of my greatest fears is that Cross Lake or the Whitefish Chain would drain in some capacity. But I've always wondered what's down there, like. I mean, I know friends that have lost engagement rings down there. So when they go down there for the, that oxygen testing, make sure they're looking around because I'm sure there's some valuable things down there. Well, so. I, I don't I don't think the, the tool that they use for that it has any camera on oh, it. So man. darn, yeah. yeah. Dang it. But maybe we'll have to figure out how to get a uh, one of the submersible submarines or, you know, the submarines in there. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. Yeah. Just got to be careful with what company we use, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So talk a little bit about um, your board and who serves on that, what type of committees and or people that fill that if you have open positions, and then maybe just a little bit about membership and how you guys operate that way. Sure. Um, at this point, we have openings for, uh, we have 14 um, board uh, members. Um, we have one opening, a, a very um, big need for a communications director. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pam Vaughn did a wonderful job in that capacity. And before she stepped down, uh, she really put together a nice team. So that is one of the main teams that we have in play. Um, and we have somebody, Muffy Davidge takes care of the uh, social media. Mary Pline takes care of the magazine. Uh, so, But we're looking for somebody to coordinate uh, those efforts. So that's one of the pieces that we have. But we have Scott Johnson. He handles the water quality. Um, we have uh, Jeff Davidge, who's the natural resources. Um, and so on down the line, Christy, with Shoreline Restoration. Um, and so I, I don't want to forget anybody, but mm-hmm. I, <laughs> you, I know. you don't need to hear the whole list. But, <laughs> but, the, but the important thing is that the, the directors work on uh, three main areas, education, water quality, and aquatic invasive species. Those are kind of how we divide up into our teams and, and do our work. Those mm-hmm. are the main things that we do. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as upcom- upcoming events or ways that people can get involved, um, I know that membership <laughs> um, is is one thing that you guys drive a lot of your income off of. And, and so I, I'm always encouraging people to look into WAPOA when they're 
moving on or near the whitefish chain or the surrounding areas, but tell us a little bit about how membership operates. Sure. We have currently about 1,100 members um, and then about 100 business members. So um, we we have uh, membership is only $40 uh, for individual members and $100 for businesses. We are very well supported by our members, and that is truly our only source of income. We get some grants. Um, but those, uh, the, the larger grants go directly to soil and water and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. we, we get a few, few grants. Um, but the main source of income is our membership. Um, so we, um, then have an annual meeting, which is coming up on August 26th. It'll mm-hmm. be at Immaculate Heart Catholic Church and, uh, in the social hall there. Um, and we'll be, um, getting together at eight o'clock for, uh, coffee and great cinnamon rolls. They, they do Great cinnamon rolls over there. <laughs> um, and then um, we can, we'll have some of our partners like SWCD and um, some folks from the DNR there, that kind of thing. So we'll have those partners there people can talk to. We'll have a short business meeting at 9 o'clock. And then at 10 o'clock, we'll have a program, and it's going to be Sarah Fogderud from AW Research uh, talking about the 2022 water quality testing and the results and what they mean. Um, we're going to have Michael Knapp from the DNR talk about the uh, egg take operation up in Pine River. Mm-hmm. And then last, we're going to have um, Marv Kep. He's a legendary uh, fishing guide from the area, and he's going to tell stories and maybe a few tall tales <laughs> about his fishing exploits up here on the chain and surrounding <laughs> lakes. So it should be really good program. We've focused for the last couple of years at the meeting on the, the loons and the National Loon Center. But this year, we wanted to switch to something that's just as important, which is the fishery and, and the fish habitat. And, and uh, we all want to catch that big, big walleye. And, and how do we make sure we can continue to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I It's fun because we talk about white, the whitefish chain as a recreational lake, but it very heavily depends on fishing, too. I mean, we just had the bass tournament at Moonlight Bay. I know they host a few other tournaments mm-hmm. throughout the year and we bring a lot of anglers in here yep. and so uh, that's very important to touch on is the fact that we we love when people come and fish our lakes it's it's really interesting to to see the the science behind fishing so i'm sure those stories and uh, some of that information will be good for people to hear <laughs> well when you've done it for 50 years like marv has I, yeah. i'm sure there's been a few technological changes uh, oh in what gosh. he does <laughs> we were just talking about it in the office the other day uh, one of our agents maddie nelson was talking about like how like the radar and the sonar can like shoot out now. It's not just down. And that just baffles me. And then my iPhone can't last more than eight hours. Like, but we can like look 60 feet out to the right and be like, oh, drop a line right there. Like, (laughs) it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And these poor fish have no idea what's hitting them. (laughs) Well, but what they don't do is hit on my hook. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send them Tony's way next time we see them. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, And then I know we talked um, a little bit about events, but your harvest dinner is also coming up. Yep. And that's an important event that people should show up to and participate with. Yeah, it's a great event. Um, one of the things um, we try to do is work together with the other people within the, within the watershed. And one of those is farmers. And so uh, this event was put together um, by the Cass County Farm Bureau as a way to connect the lake owners, lakeshore owners, and the farmers. And it's held out at Sunup Ranch. It'll be held on the same date as our annual meeting, August 26th. Um, it's $45. It's a wonderful dinner, outside picnic-style uh, dinner, um, and then some booths with some people around. And they'll have, have a few speakers. 
and then they'll have uh, there will be probably some free wine and beer there too yeah. uh, for t- taste testing. So. Yeah, that's how you get the millennials to show up. You just tell us that there's some wine and beer, but that would be a great time um, and a really great time to come and support you guys too. So that would be awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, and you can you can Google uh, Harvest Dinner or uh, you can contact the Pine River Watershed Alliance. Uh, Ron Meyer, and and he'll have more information on that. So Awesome. And I know you guys post about it on your social media accounts, um, and I do post about it as well with Cross Lake Culture. So if you guys need to get connected to WAPOA in any way, shape, or form, make sure you um, you can send us a direct message on any of our social media channels, but we'll get you connected to the people that you need to. So, um, Tony, is there anything else that you want to make sure that the listeners know i know wapoa is such a um a broad but it's also a very unique organization and association that like covers such a wide area of things but you guys do such a good job and i just want to congratulate you guys because i really think that um sorry i just totally hit the mic um i really think that uh, people from my generation need to understand that in order to continue to enjoy the lakes that we know and love that we need to focus on what we're doing now. So our, uh, our grandkids and their grandkids can enjoy them as much as we do. So is there anything, you know, last standing words that. Well, I think what you just said is part of the reason or what drives most of us at WAPOA. Mm-hmm. It's what do we do for that future generation? I watch my grandkids come up here and they play in that water. They ride in the boat. They love what we do up here. And I just want it to be the same for them. And I think that's what most of us want is to be able to enjoy it for ourselves, but also so that our kids and grandkids, too, can also enjoy this wonderful resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I really appreciate you guys. And I can't say that enough. So, um, Tony, why don't you tell people where they can find um, you guys and your information and how they can get in contact with you? You bet. Um, our website is wapoa.org, W-A-P-O-A dot org. And we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram at the Whitefish Area Property Owners Association. Awesome. So. <laughs> awesome. All righty. Well, we appreciate it. I know I've said it again, but um, I really appreciate you spending the time to come in here and chat with us. And it's been awesome to have our listeners hear a little bit more about what you guys do. Um, and we're really excited to see what you guys do in the future. So being able to let our let our listening crew hear the inside scoop and you guys please go out and get involved with WAPOA um, and any association that's helping um, with the water and keeping the lakes the way that we love them and yeah, get involved. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity, Chris. Kendra. Yep. No problem. All right. Bye guys. 